Blog Talk Radio. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to Winchester Radio. Uh, tonight's episode is Painted Black, uh, also the name of a Rolling Stones song, which I read the lyrics for before I signed on tonight. And I don't see how it quite relates. <laughs> But that's a great song. Uh, the episode was written by Brad Buckner and Eugenie Ross Fleming, directed by John Showalter, who's directed quite a few episodes of Supernatural. Always does a great job. Uh, it's well documented on this podcast that Brad and Eugenie are not my favorite writers. <laughs> and I'm sorry this episode did not break that trend for me. Um, uh, hmm. So we're, we're going to talk about it. And uh, also, if anybody has any comments or questions in a little bit, our guest call-in number is 347-205-9801. And Blog Talk Radio has apparently changed things up just a little bit. So if you call in and all you're going to hear is, please hold to listen to the show, uh, don't do that. Press 1 to get in the host queue so eventually we can put you on the air. Uh, that's it. On to the episode. Um, yeah, we were talking a little bit before the podcast went on the air, and yeah, those, most of the stories in this episode were interesting. I thought I just thought everybody talked way too much. <laughs> it was just too much talking. <laughs> Not enough. Yeah. And exactly, it was a. I, I was the stories were really interesting. The Rowena storyline was interesting. I really liked um the ghost nun storyline. I thought that was really interesting. Um uh, it was shot beautifully. Uh, you know, it was well it was well acted. You know, everything about it was great except it was just too slow. It seemed like it was just you know, I wanted things to actually start happening and it just took forever for anything to actually happen. Yeah. I Okay, before I before I make a comment, I want to apologize to anyone who's listening. You might hear water and chopping noises. I'm making dinner. Um, it's only six o'clock where I am. <laughs> I <laughs> I tend to be the uh you know, everyone calls them you know what is everyone calls them the something duo, the disastrous duo or the something duo. And I tend to be a Buckner Lemming apologist in that I dislike how fast and loose they tend to play with canon, but I enjoy for the most part the lyrical way they write. And we were talking about this, you know, prior to going live, and I was saying, you know, one of my favorite bits of dialogue in the entire series is in, and I believe it's. I'm no angel is when Cass is talking to the parishioner about faith and if God is listening. And it's a very long scene and it's very dialogue heavy, which is pretty much their trademark. <laughs> but I really like that. Unfortunately, this episode didn't lend itself as well to that style. And I 
theoretically I like the nun thing, and theoretically I like the witch thing, and for some reason it just did not work for me. And in theory, those are two things that I, I really tend to dig. Anything having to do with Catholicism and anything having to do with witches, I'm usually up for. But I didn't, and I don't think the episode was that well acted by the day players. I think the regulars did fine, you know, Jared Jensen, uh, Ruth, Mark, but um, the two nuns, eh, eh, the Piero. Well, if you look eh. at their credits, they're very, they're fairly brief for both of them. There's not right, and much the, for and the one. woman who plays Isabella, she's. Uh, she is Canadian, and she's done, I think, one or two French films. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe they should have made her French. There are French Catholics. <laughs> they didn't have to make her yeah, Italian true. because her <laughs> Italian accent was a little mm. jarring for me. Um, I would have, so like I said, there are French Catholics. We could have gone that way. Um, yeah. She was very pretty. She was very pretty. I yes, thought, both yeah, of them were really pretty, as being, as being so noted. <laughs> yes. And, and that uh, was so I, mean. And I really liked that part, actually, that Dean was kind of like that nun thought I was hot. <laughs> you know, and he was so kind I, of I, I never I'm known a little flirty. I thought it was very mean. Yeah, I never known a nun to be able to wear that much makeup. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> no. No. I, I like yeah, was thinking that as well. I was like, like Osric even tweeted that night when he was live tweeting the episode, he called her sister makeup or something like that. <laughs> and gorgeous and it was makeup. Pretty makeup but yeah, gorgeous yeah. makeup. And Sabrina, Sabrina's an, a master. I love the way Sabrina does mm-hmm. everybody's makeup. But it was just a yeah. lot of makeup for a nun. Um, mm-hmm. It's what a lot of people I know consider everyday makeup for non-nuns. So... <laughs> It's a little odd. Actually, I I, I love the movie Sister Act with Whoopi Goldberg, and all of the nuns in that in that uh, movie look look like nuns. (laughs) You know, there's a lack of makeup. You know, it's like beautiful skin and everything, but there's like no makeup and and it's what I what I used to call at work. I used to call it Hunger Games makeup, uh, where you don't look like you're wearing makeup, but you're you are. And it, it's mm-hmm. you know male makeup, hunger, you know that kind of makeup. Right. So there mm-hmm. was a lot of makeup for for nuns, but it was pretty makeup, and I like makeup, so I'll, I will overlook that. Um, yes, and as usual, Rowena's makeup was gorgeous. I'm, oh, I'm always God. completely just sit and stare at her eyes and her usually hair, her, her makeup, lip, lip color. Her Beautiful. Uh, oh, Rowena cost red. The way they costume yes. her is just fantastic. Her entire look is so good. And I will say that I this love is the, the first... Now, the red dress is fantastic with the open back. This is the first mm. episode with Rowena where Rowena was the storyline I cared the most about. Yes, I was I was super glad. I was like, they're finally getting somewhere with her storyline, you know, because, you know... She and Crowley's storyline has just been, you know, kind of thrown into some episodes was not really letting us know what they're going to do with them, you know. And so I was really glad to finally start getting somewhere 
here, you know, towards the last part of the season, we're finally getting somewhere with their storyline. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Which, you know, for all intents and purposes, I mean, despite the fact that it's not a, it's not a technicality, Rowena has been in a lot of episodes, and I figure mm-hmm. she'll probably end up somewhere somewhere around the number of episodes, somewhere between where Mark and Misha were last year. I think Mark was a 9 and Misha was an 11. And I have a feeling that Ruth's going to end up right around that that point, which is, you know, last year we had our redheaded big bad be Abaddon, but we did not see Abaddon as much as we've seen Rowena. Mm. So, um, that's... I mean, I'm glad the story's moving forward. But yes. I still, it was, it was still, I, I still had issues with how much there, how much talking was going on. It was a lot of, again, it was, it was I just agree. too much between the two of them. And I, I love Carol Rothery. I mean, I, I was a big yes. fan and she played the doctor on there and she, I love her. I was thrilled to see they cast her as all of them. I, I, because I've, I've liked her on X-Files, you know, and a bunch of other things. And I, I never really yeah. watched Stargate, but yeah, I, I really, she's mm-hmm. one of those really great Canadian actresses and yeah. Love to see I've her. I've never around. seen her before that I recognize, but I really liked her. But yeah, again, it was a lot of exposition and I get that they, again, they have to set up the whole, which I saw some people having issues with was the, the men of letters bunkers around the world kind of thing. And I have mixed feelings about that because on one hand, they didn't really tell us that in the beginning of setting up the men of letters, but they did not tell us. And it does make sense. And I've always thought, you know, what, the U.S. is the only place with a demon and ghost problem? Really? Okay. So it does right. make sense well, there would be chapters. Um, I just thought it was a weird way to... To, to weave that in, I I don't know. It's like we don't know much about hunters hunters in in Japan, Croatia, Africa. <laughs> there, like you said, there's got to be ghosts and and that sort of thing everywhere. Right. So you know, it's like it's like it's I don't know microcosm. So there's bunkers elsewhere, maybe. Yeah, like I said, you know, they didn't tell us and not tell us. I'm not sure how I feel about it. But yeah, really, like I said, I, I I'm really curious to see now that you know all of that is told her that it was the men of letters who broke up the coven, and I really I'm really curious to see where Rowena is going to go with that information. You know, is, is she going to go? You know, does she know? I, what did Crowley tell her in this episode? I don't remember that. Does she know that Sam and Dean are men he of letters? Says it without saying it. He he gives her a half answer and I really like that he gives her like a a half answer and one of my favorite lines in this episode was Rowena saying again with the Winchesters yes perpetually (laughs) and um I really I really enjoyed that line I enjoyed her delivery of it um Mm. and we did get to see the EMS meter um we've seen a lot of the EMS meter this season and I yes I really yes. like that. I'm, I'm, I, I, I criticize. I, you know, I tend to be the harshest critic, and I do often criticize uh, Carver and Company for just disregarding what they, what came before. Um, but in this case, like this is what the maybe the fourth or fifth time we've seen the EMS meter this season alone. Mm. So I'm. I'm like I like that. it. Uh, I also, 
tell me what you guys thought about this. I found Sam's skepticism about this being a case kind of odd. Like, he just seemed like he was really not, like... He's focused on that mark of Cain. He doesn't want to go anywhere. He doesn't want to do right. anything but, but deal, with, deal with the mark of Cain. And I agree with Why that. wouldn't he believe it's a case or not or go on it? But Exactly. But, yeah. Especially when he knows that Dean is telling him, according to what Dean is telling him, part of what's helping Dean, you know, whether it's true or not, it's what Dean's telling him. Part of what's helping him cope is working cases. So you think mm-hmm. that Sam would be at least like, you know what, we'll we'll, we'll at least see what this where this takes us. Um, so I thought that was. I mean, he just seemed overly skeptical to me. And I mean, given the fact they've been dealing with angels and technically with religion since technically religion since season two, and angels since season four the fact that he doesn't find you know them all being in this part of the same parish and the catholicism to be relevant was just like really sam so i think (laughs) they may could have if they wanted it to be him being reticent to put down his googling of the men of 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 the mark of cain um which i saw somebody say he's got to be on page 400 of google for mark of cain by now and i thought that was funny (laughs) Um, (laughs) but, you know, you, I don't know. I think that could have been, that could have been finessed a bit, a bit. I I hesitate to say better, but so I'll say differently. Have we ever heard of the Grand Coven before? I mean, I know we've been hearing about it this season, but you think that kind of ruling body would have been a little more known. I want to go back and rewatch, um... I always Malleus say Malice 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 That one. The the Ruby yes. was a witch one. <laughs> I want to go back and watch that and see. But in terms of it being specifically noted as a, the Grand Coven, no, not till this season. And I do like that, you know, I find it interesting that, or or maybe it's something I missed, but... I was under the impression that Rowena became a witch after she had Crowley. I didn't realize that that was part of her persecution was that she had Crowley with a, with, for all muggle. purposes, a muggle. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was actually waiting for a muggle joke and had Robbie Thompson written this script, we would have had a muggle joke. Um, <laughs> So I'd like to thank Buckner Lemming for not making a muggle joke. <laughs> uh, I never read or watched any Harry Potter movie, so I know muggle is part of Harry Potter, but I don't know what it means. So. Muggles, are the, muggles are the non-magic. Non-magical, non-magical uh, okay. person. Yeah, I love muggles. Yeah, so. I am a muggle. Um, <laughs> yes. I'm not, I'm not a Potterhead, but I did read the books and watch the movies. So, um, that's a, I'll, technically a lie to not read the last book. Um, oops. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I didn't realize that that was her, her, her major indiscretion was that, um, and I find uh, it interesting that she says, you know, that the Grand Coven, 
she basically accuses them of being wusses, you know, and she says, you know, you were content to hide in the shadows with your broomsticks and your black hats. And so you kind of have to wonder what was the point of them prior to the men of letters even taking them out if they weren't really doing anything. Why, why were the men of letters bothering with them? I don't know if I missed something with that. But I did think the scene between um, Rowena and Olivet, though heavily exposition um, again, I love a good torture scene. So I love when someone's, you know, getting information out of somebody by punching them in the stomach. I dig that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's, the res- <laughs> it's the Reservoir Dogs fan in me. Um, oh, Great movie. Great, great movie. So Um, I I, I did like that. And I think both actresses, again, it was huge chunks of dialogue. And both actresses did really, really well with it. Um, I like that Amy, uh, uh, good Lord, Rowena turned all of that into a hamster. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) Amy Amy being turned into a rat. Um, and I, le- you know, the way Crowley looks at all of that as she's spinning, you almost have to wonder if he's thinking about himself or what's going on with that because there was a there was a good chunk of focus on that and I found that interesting. Um, I, my favorite my favorite thing about it was that um, she you know to show that that was all of that the hamster had the little red necklace and I was like yeah. oh I love it I love that I love nice that. <laughs> You you had a red necklace. Now you get a red collar. Um, <laughs> and and anybody who doesn't know that Amy Amy the rat is in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> so and it's one of my favorite moments when she's I think it's Willow snaps her fingers. Amy pops back in alive again, and she's so excited. I'm back, and then they do it again, and she goes right back to being a rat in the space of like one second. I love it. I always thought that was great that they they brought that actress back just for that two second scene. You know? <laughs> no dialogue, almost no dialogue, and naked. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and she's she gonna be so excited, like I'm alive, I'm a human, and then oh, but it, and and it was a really it was really cool continuity in terms of Buffy that she that she, well, number one she still had Amy, but you know. Mm. Because it was like two years after. It was no, it was more. It was no, it was fourth season, wasn't it? And she no, Amy. No, when when they did that, when she did the something blue, which is the episode where she got turned into the rat for two seconds. Yeah, and she had been a that turned herself into a rat in season four. No, season. Two, no, it was season three mm-hmm. because it was it was three that she turned herself into a rat because it was after um, it was in that episode Gingerbread and Joyce had already known oh, that player. Right. That's right. That's right. And then she came back in season six, three, six. Yeah, with the whole magic addiction thing. Um, right. But so yeah, I. I all I could think about was Amy the Rat, which was fun. Um, mm-hmm. That's okay. I have in my and since I'm in the kitchen cooking, sorry y'all. Uh, 
have, and it has to be in the beginning of the episode because I write my notes in order of, of as I'm watching, but was there dialogue about capable of greatness, being capable of greatness? Forget that. I'll go back to it. Because under that I have, what? there was a lot of emphasis on on it being a curse. You know, curses, curses was coming up and, you know, it was, we got the interweaving between the two, between the witch ghost. I don't even know whether to call her a ghost or a witch because she was the Italian nun. She was tried as a witch. She wasn't technically a witch. It was just a violent crime, right? No. Right. Yeah. They said because it was yeah. so violent, they thought she was a witch. Um. Yeah, and again, you know, yeah, Supernatural is not really known for its subtlety, so we have the whole uh, the parallel between the nun and the hot nun and Dean, and you have the whole you have the so all the, like the witches. You have speaking of of Dean, and tell me what you all think. Um, I felt like. The, the confession was really strange, and I couldn't tell if he was lying or not. Because the Dean Winchester that we've always known, we've never known him to promise a woman more than he can give her in that way. The only time we've ever seen it is when he was pretending to be a, a reality TV producer. Or, you know, yes, he's pretending to be an FBI agent and things like that, but he's not really – I we've never seen him promise, you know, I, I did, because they were trying to trick the nun ghost. I think he just took his own stories and made them bigger, made them worse than what they were. But then there's such an abrupt tone change when he starts talking about things that, you know, he wants, which also make no sense compared to the fact that he's telling Sam – don't research for me. Don't try to help me. Oh, wait, I don't want to die, and I want to have a life. But, and Becky and I have argued, literally argued about this in the past, um, he had that kind of life with Lisa, and it, it wasn't really a good idea. And so, I don't know, I found that there was a, a distinct tone change where it felt like he was being serious after that moment. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think when he it seemed really when he, bizarre to me. Way I took it was when he's talking about the girls, that was him lying, basically making his stories mm-hmm. bigger than they were to attract the nun ghost. And then he thought while he's sitting, you know, he was like, you know, he he got serious. And then he turned serious and was like, started telling his "I don't want to die" story, and that he was mm-hmm. serious. That's but his "I don't want to die" story didn't really make sense to me because. He's talking about, like he says, there's things, you know, he's basically saying, I want a wife and kids. You had a wife and kids, essentially, and that did not go well, well buddy. I don't know. I mean, we're we're making the jump it's a wife and kids, but he just says he just wants, he just wants more well, and people and feelings. Right, and I'm, and making, the, I'm making the, I'm making the jump in terms of, because he is talking about, you know, treating women better at that point. So yes, mm-hmm. I I agree. I'm I'm making that jump, um, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Just overall, I thought it was a really strange 
really strange dialogue, really strange directing choices, really strange acting choices, beautifully mm-hmm. shot, beautifully shot, mm-hmm. but just odd. Yeah, it was a little, a little bit odd, but again, like it, like, like you said, you know, he's not really telling the truth for part of it, and then he's making the truth bigger, and then he goes into the truth, and then he says, you know, I, I believe in God, but I'm not sure God believes in us. Which just oh, was, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't believe in God. I love that father angry. That was another piece of dialogue that bothered me because it's not that, the, it, that, you know, it's that he knows, number one, he doesn't just believe. He knows God exists or existed. God bailed, and he knows that. It was just a really weird piece of dialogue, especially from the writers who gave, who wrote the speech that I just praised, talking about how no one's up there listening. Yeah. I mean, the, the, we know I thought believes that, him, obviously, because he's met him. Go ahead. Um, the line that you're talking about, the I definitely believe in God, but I don't think he believes in us, that line made total sense to me because he's talking to a priest, you know, so, of course, he, you know, the priest asked him if he believed in God. And so his answer was, yes, he does believe in God. And so I thought his answer, you know, but I don't believe God, I don't think God believes in us anymore. He's using the words that the priest used with him. So that's why he's parroting that, the word belief back. Mm-hmm. And it made total sense to me because, as you know, he knows God did bail on them. He went to, he went to heaven to talk to God, and God wouldn't even talk to him. So, you know, yeah, so we I know God like exists. The, I, felt like the, but, yeah, I felt like the addition of I don't think he believes in us anymore was an extraneous line that, that was not really clear or necessary. And, you know, as we're discussing, there's a lot of extraneous dialogue when it comes to these right when these two writers. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't, it didn't, it didn't bother me. I didn't think it was extra. And, and we know that, and like you, like Becky said, it's, he uses those words because that's what the words the priest used with him. And he says, I believe in God. And we know he believes in him because he knows he exists. He's met him. But he would say he doesn't believe in us because God just bailed and he's not here and he's not helpful so it's like like he's not showing confidence in his people and his children and his angels apparently for a very good reason for at least some of them but <laughs> i think that's but i think that's why he said it because and i did not think... to go into detail because the priest certainly isn't going to believe most of what dean could tell him right and i did God. think that the fact that he says when he says the life i lead and it it's the same kind of parallel to, a, you know, the life he leads is similar to the life of a Fed. So when he says, you know, go out how I, mm-hmm. the way I live and all that and and those kind of things. And, sorry, I'm chopping broccoli, guys. Um, <clears throat> also snacking on it. But, um, I don't know, I just felt like that, I just felt like that whole scene was weird. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, yeah, and it goes up and down. Yeah, for Sam, when he came out and Sam to tell him, what did you tell him for a, a jerk like you? Again, you weirded me out. Like, what? Super supportive of your brother right now. Yeah, he, we're taking it back to yellow fever. Okay, you you took it too literal. See, Dean. No, no, I, no see, Dean not, was Dean went into the confessional to be a jerk. That was what he had to do to to bring right. the, the nun ghost. So that's, that's not what why Sam, Sam accused him of that after. 
No, so no, no, I'm joking and called him that because that was what he was doing. He was being a jerk. Because no, I didn't read it that way. After jerks. Yeah, I didn't personally read it that way. I read it very much the same way. Like, in, I'm not saying, you know, Sam doesn't care about Dean. He obviously does. But it was that same thing in Yellow Fever where it was like, well, obviously you're a dick. Duh. Um, uh, this is one of those times I say, nope, you're flat out wrong. <laughs> Sam was totally saying because saying that. But he didn't have to say that because the, they thought the priest was the problem and the priest can't hear Sam. No, no, he did. they didn't think it was the priest. They knew there was a ghost. Cause they, cause he, well, they weren't completely Dean, sure. Sam, yes. says, Sam, Sam says flat out to Dean, um, he asked him if, uh, did you have an eavesdropper? Did you have someone listening? You know, they were mm-hmm. they weren't thinking it was right. the, they were thinking it was the ghost listening in. Mm-hmm. I still right. I still think the, the the line delivery was very little brother and very teasy. I just think you know he was, his face, bro. He was teasing him, but he was teasing him because Dean was acting like a jerk. So he's being little brother about it and set calling him the jerk that Dean went, went in there to pretend to be. Our interpretations officially vary. Okay, and you're wrong. <laughs> you always tell me I'm wrong, so I'm now telling you, you're wrong. <laughs> That's fine. I can, you sit there in your wrongness by calling me wrong. <laughs> I know I'm wrong. Sit there in your wrongitude. Okay, now here's a question I, I want to ask. Mm-hmm. Sage Brocklebank was in this episode. Uh, for the watch psych, he was off, he was Officer Buzz McNabb on psych. He's a really mm-hmm. tall guy. He was in a previous episode, season eight, season nine. Uh, he was an angel, and Castiel slit his throat and stole his grace. Um, he was back in this episode. Sage Brocklebank was playing a demon in hell as one of Crowley's minions. So. I know Vancouver, they use many of the same <laughs> actors over and over and over again. But to me, it felt like it was like, ooh, this angel became a demon. Because, you know, I was like, as soon as I saw him, I was like, whoa, he was an angel last time we saw him, and now he's a demon in hell. I wish that it was cool enough to be that. I know. Mm. It, it was just Vancouver acting pool is, you know, once you've been on 10 years, oh. you have to use people more than once. Yeah. But it it was just so weird to me that here he was, the last time we saw him on Supernatural, he was an angel, and now he's a demon. Yeah. That's cool. I, I, I want yeah. to think, I, you know, my own personal headcanon is, yeah, he was an angel, and he became a demon, and now he's in hell. Because <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> that would let you have that. You're free. wrong, but I'll let you have it. <laughs> okay. It works for Pretty me. Cool. I'll give you that one. Yeah. Um, and I'm I really like, glad. Oh, okay. um, well, no, because I was going to change subject slightly. So go ahead. So was I. So go ahead. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, in the in my first watching of the episode, when the nun kind of scoffs at Dean for believing in ghosts, it actually irritated at me at first because I was like, um, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit which we used to say when I was younger, the Holy Ghost, and it really irritated me. So when they when it got to the end, and she was like, no, I do believe in, you know, there have been ghosts that come and go, and, you know, we're on sacred ground and blah, blah, blah. But when she first said it, I was 
about to throw my bowl at the TV. <laughs> um, so I'm glad they changed that. Um, yeah. I think she was just like hiding, hiding her interest, you know, by saying, Black duck, no, no ghost, no ghost here. You know, meanwhile, knowing full well that she has lots of ghostly friends. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I like that she was theoretically trying to protect because the ghosts that she knew like she said, they were benevolent. They would eventually move on. And so she was, she was like the keeper, the protector. And I liked that. Um, I actually really liked that a lot. Mm-hmm. I said a lot about this episode that theoretically I liked. It was just, it just dragged. I don't even want to say mm. quite that it was boring because I didn't find it boring per se. But usually, you know, with any episode of something or, you know, a movie, the first time you watch it, it feels longer than the subsequent times you watch it. No, no, it still felt long this time. Yes. <laughs> yes. It the first... still felt 42 minutes. <laughs> the first time I watched it, the nun story was, was what I was most interested in. I was like, ooh, this is interesting. I like this story. And then today when I watched it again, I was like, eh, I like Rowena's story more this time. So... Yeah, Rowena's story was uh, when I when I watched it, I was like I was surprised how much I enjoyed Rowena's story more. And again, like I say, exposition heavy, but still, um, mm-hmm. it was well acted enough to uh, be able to overlook how exposition heavy it was. Um, hmm. I'm one curious. Point of- uh, one thing I wanted to point out, which I'm sure most already know, um, the church that they used for this episode was, we, you know, was previously used in season two, Houses of the Holy, and um, it's also right across the street from the Sheraton Wall Center, where every year up until this coming year um, uh. is where the um, Vancouver Supernatural Convention is. So. Um, you you know, most of the time when you have a room at the hotel for the convention, you have a view of the hotel. Uh, I'm sorry, of the church. So you know, that was I thought that was really to cool. Miss. I'm gonna miss yes, that. Yes, me too. And this church has also you know been used several times. Um, it was in the first Dark Angel episode that um, Jensen mm-hmm. was in when he played the evil Ben char- evil Ben character, and he you know he wasn't he- evil per se. But you know what I he killed people and took to their teeth and then gave them to the blue lady. So <laughs> he was misunderstood. He was a misunderstood serial killer. Um but yeah, so Jensen, you know, has worked in here previously. Um my first time to Vancouver is for the supernatural convention. I actually did a tour of the church. Um on certain days of the week you can take a you know, you go to the church and they do tours and um they will tell you, you know, not only the history of the church and stuff, they will tell you things that have been filmed there, like tons of other movies. And I forget which one it was, but it was one with superheroes like Wolverine and all those people had, um, I don't watch those movies, so, um, but they had filmed there and they were actually the ones who put in that red carpet that goes between mm-hmm. the views. Um, that, um, so that's from that. And so it's, it's a really cool place. If you go to Vancouver, um, take the tour. It's really interesting. Mm. I, have, so I have looked at the church through my hotel window many times. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
know, love your um, creation, but th- this this move that you're that you're doing to uh, convention centers, it does not please most of us. No, no. We are oh oh. And one other thing I wanted to uh, mention um, in the promo footage for this, you could see it a lot better than you could in the actual episode. Um, but the church sign out front of the church, um, when Sam and Dean are walking down the sidewalk, if you look at the church sign, it actually says, he ain't heavy, he's my brother. And then it says, you know, by the hollies. And then in quotations, it says, and Jesus. And I, yep. just thought, <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. Yes. <laughs> it's, a, you know, it's a very Sam and Dean type quote. He ain't heavy, he's my brother. Very apropos. But then, uh, then the mm-hmm. Hollies and Jesus was just just cracking yes. up. <laughs> that was appropriate. Yeah, um, I I I liked how Sister Matthias was looking at Agent Agent Allman Dean and saying, "You know, come now. The FBI believes in ghosts." And I had to say, in light of the X Files news this week, <laughs> yes, the FBI does. As a matter of fact, I believe it. <laughs> I did think of both of you with that line. <laughs> I, I, I thought of both of you with that line. I have to assume that line was deliberate, um, not because of the revival, but just you know, X Files general. <laughs> yeah, then you know we get the X Files joke quite often. We used to get it far more often in the show, but you know mm-hmm. it does still pop up on occasion. Um, yes. I do. Oh, I wanted that was one thing I wanted to discuss. I enjoy the dialogue that that Crowley has when he tells Rowena that he'll deal with the Winchesters, but he's not going to kill them. And I found that really interesting. Um, Just that he's so aware that he's not going to dispose of them and didn't even seem like I'm not going to kill them yet. It seemed very much like I'm not going to kill them. To me, that whole thing where he's talking about, he's not going to talk about his relationship with the Winchesters and all that. To me, it felt very like my son, mom, they're my friends. You can't tell me I can't, who I can be friends with. You know, it, it, did, like, it did have <laughs> that vibe to it. It did have that vibe to it. I, and I want to know what you guys think about this as well. I wonder, did Crowley give Rowena Olivet just to keep her occupied? Or I'm really, I, I mean, I'll admit, I'm very perplexed by Crowley this season, as we've discussed. Yeah. I don't understand I... What, what the character is doing. The most in-character thing he has said all season was, I'm not killing the Winchesters. That's literally the most in-character thing I've heard him say. His motivations for that are, honestly, I have no idea. To me, it was like, oh, I'll give it to her. Maybe she'll just shut up about it, you know, so. I kind of got that feeling, too, because, I mean, he does seem, I mean, theoretically, her forms of torture should amuse him. But we also know that Crowley likes to run hell as a as a business as a well-oiled machine 
and she's basically an insubordinate, wayward employee. <laughs> Which reminds me, the first scene when she comes in, when Crowley's called for, and she comes in, she's like, yes, your highness, I'm right here. You know, with the mumbling <laughs> being, uh, it just cracked me up. I love, I, Rowena, her I, sarcasm. I love her. Yes, I love her, her attitude, her everything about her. I love her. <laughs> um, and I do I love like her, the, but she's still sometimes too over, just overdone would, sometimes. Yeah. A little caricature to me. I mean, Ruth, Ruth Connell is fun, and then sometimes, like, sometimes that goes away, and it's, you get it real, like, last, last episode when she says, you know, you're the Winchester's bitch, you know, and there's some great lines from her, but sometimes it's just, which is why I mean, sometimes sometimes I feel it's got to be a director issue with those with those because some mm-hmm. some sometimes she just nails it and sometimes I'm mm-hmm. like that was uh, I you know I'm waiting for the Roadrunner to be people across. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you know you have to kind of assume that it's for whatever reason. You know, you get revolving directors and they don't understand what the character's doing and, you know, rightly so. It's mm-hmm. not like it's not like the director's season of episode nine has the script for episode seventeen. So he may yeah. think she is supposed to be a caricature, but mm-hmm. I do find it jarring. But this was an episode where I thought her acting was really, really spot on. Um Like I said, she was the most enjoyable thing in the episode to me and, and her scenes with Olivet and her scenes with Crowley. I did feel, and I saw a few people discuss this as well, is um, the episode really felt very Sam and Dean light for me. Um, they seemed almost unimportant and possibly because we had to have so much exposition for um for Sister Isabel, no. I don't know. For Nun Ghost. <laughs> yeah. I think her name was yeah. Isabel, right? It was Isabella. Um, Isabella. I have no idea. She's just Nun Ghost to me. I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was <laughs> I didn't Isabel. Catch it till the, I, um, yeah, I didn't catch it till the second second go round. <laughs> yeah, I and like Sam and Dean. Yeah, and for me, yeah, her, felt that way. Her, story, her story was, for me, um... Weird and 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 a little bit sloppy, um, because I couldn't figure out if I couldn't quite figure out if she had slept with him as well, and so seeing him sleep with another woman was a problem, or if she just assumed that since he was sleeping with this other woman, then he loved that woman. If he was a womanizer, I really couldn't figure it out. Um, I'm still not quite sure, to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah, they never whole... really they never really explain it. And I'll, my interpretation, which could be completely wrong, not match at all the writers, but my interpretation was she says that she told him she loved him, and he told her he only loved his art. So I took mm-hmm. that that they hadn't slept together, and then when she sees him with the other woman, you know, here she, you know, he had turned her down, yet mm-hmm. he was with another, you know, he accepted it with another woman mm-hmm. kind of thing. But I could be completely wrong. Well, I think that I think that makes sense. It sounds perfectly logical. 
I think you're right. <laughs> I thought the whole Piero, Piero, yeah, Piero story. Piero, was, yeah. And and you know I, I like soap operas, but it was very soap opera y. A little it again. Was, it was heavily to reuse the word and the overbroad and took up too much time and. Piero's wig kept changing, and I don't know. <laughs> and Piero's accent. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know, it was. And and another thing that leads me to the whole the whole journal thing, and I love Sam, and I know he's super smart, and I love that about him. I love him being a smart, but Sam reads Italian. Really? Well, it's not that. Well, and I will say, here's the thing. I uh-huh. don't read Italian, but I can read Spanish. So if I'm watching something with Italian subtitles, I can follow along. So theoretically, if you know anything Latin-based, you can kind of figure out yeah, just about somewhat. Yeah, yeah, you can follow. You can follow to a degree. Um, yeah. But there's different dialects, and it's also it's not it's not a, a modern day Italian. It's five hundred five hundred year old Italian, right? And that is very different. And five hundred year old handwriting and well, yeah. I'm never mm. I'm never gonna <laughs> complain about smart Sam because I complain too much about dumb Sam. So if Sam wants to be multilingual, <laughs> I'm gonna let him. Ha- I'm gonna let him have that one. Maybe he does read Italian for all for all we know. You know, you know, they're yeah because on the road or between cases and these mentalers, he could be listening to Italian things. That's okay. You might, <laughs> but, you you know, might have like, an Italian hmm. Rosetta Stone. You don't know his life. Um. Yeah, cons- I don't know. Maybe Charlie taught him Italian because she knows all the things. Yeah, it's also very um, different from 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 speaking Italian and understanding it to reading and writing it. Because my mother is fluent in Italian, she has a tough time reading it because of different dialects and and things like that. So that that's all thing. I mean, it's not that big a deal, you know, but. And you know, I'll go for him knowing Latin and maybe listening to tapes and learning Italian and figuring it out. And I would figure, you know, since they've been since they've been spending so much time in the bunker, and you know, researching what's in the bunker, and he's researching the Mark of Cain, which again we go back to to Latin writing, which you know you're going to research you know, mm-hmm. church scrolls, things like that. So that didn't, I didn't find that jarring at all. Um, maybe because I was just so like, oh, this is so overwrought. And the fu- mm. the funny thing is, for me, who is someone who really likes gore so much, um, the I cut off my finger so you can put it in my painting thing. Here's my thing. If somebody's into me and they're so into me that they cut off the tip of their finger so that I can put it in my art, I'm going I'm, I'm to think you're a little off. And no matter how hot you are, when you tell me you love me, I'm going to back away. I'm, I'm just saying. Well, Van Gogh did cut off part of his ear as a gesture. Yeah, for his to... own art. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But, you know, again, different different time, different different way of thinking. Yeah, no, it's like, I'm not surprised. And you know what? Artists still do that kind of crazy stuff these days, too. They use all sorts of bodily parts and bodily fluids in no, and yeah when he asked her for blood else, the blood so. didn't yeah the blood didn't weird me out yeah. it was her being like take my finger yeah take my finger yeah hey, and I, you're not the yeah. artist but yeah when artists yeah. do things like that i don't mind it but first <laughs> yeah a thing. and it was Just a bit different time over the top for me different time it was a bit over the top yeah. for me um yeah it is crazy, and, and certainly it would be a great idea to run the other way. <laughs> doing yeah. For you. But like I, I said, the, the blood was not weird. It was her. No, it was, yeah. I, no, I'm talking about the finger. Yeah, blood is pretty common, among other things. Um, but yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I thought that was a little... And it was so abrupt yeah. as well. Um, yeah, and I yeah. I realized that they gave they gave it as the reason to it's not the it's you know it's not the it's not the journal it's the painting. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I actually thought it was cool. You know, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, I I yeah. would have been I would have been okay with just the blood. <laughs> and again, and again, coming from someone who really digs gore like I do, mm-hmm. I just thought mm-hmm. it was borderline mm-hmm. lame. Um, and um, I can say it's difficult for me to say things like that because I, like I said, I tend to be the Buckner Lemming apologist, mm-hmm. uh, the only one in fandom who's the Buckner Lemming <laughs> apologist. I walk alone. Um, I have a question. I have a question. The Dean question. Um, when he is uh, fighting, fighting with the sister at the end, the uh, sister of Matthias is possessed by Isabella, the nun ghost. And he's fighting her, and he he takes hold of her arm with the knife with his right arm, and he is holding her back with that. Mm-hmm. Are we supposed to think that part of the strength he has to hold it away for so long is the mark of Cain on that arm, or is it just Dean's really strong? But it is. I think just Dean's strong. I think it's just Dean's mm-hmm. strong. I don't think there was a. I don't think there was enough foresight of it of it being. Okay, I and, think oh, it would be really cool if it was the Mark of Cain adding a little extra something, you know, I, to, I think, to that moment. I think but it would be, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. They probably didn't think of it. Sorry. Um, I th- I think it would have been cool too. I just don't think that the foresight for that was there because I think had it been there, it would have been um, addressed uh, mm. at least, you know, in one of those looks that Dean gives his arm or some something to right. that effect and we didn't we didn't get any of that. So I'm tempted to say was, that no. Didn't the camera kind of go to him quite and it, and it would be subtle. <laughs> but the camera did kind of focus on his arm, which is how I, I noticed it and it kind of made me think, Oh, he takes real hold of it and it just made me think, Oh, is it the mark of Cain helping him hold hold her back? What I was confused about, and oh, real quick, I'll, quick I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. we have a caller. I don't know if you know. We do right. have a caller. Yeah, and, and they've been very patient. <laughs> so okay. I, I did want to say something real quick because we take before we take Sorry. our caller because um, Dog Pod DK she always listens to us and she always has great comments. 
I wanted to say I, I do agree with her in the comment she made a few minutes ago. I really thought the nun story was going to lead into a connection with Rowena, and I was surprised it didn't. Uh, I really thought that that was going to merge, and I think that's part of why I was more interested at first than um, the first watching the second watching. So I agree with you. I thought there was going to be more to that. Okay, that's all. Um, and we will put our caller on right now. Hello, caller. You're on the air with Winchester Radio. Hello. Hello. They must not have wanted to talk. I guess not. I'm, I'm sorry they sat for a few minutes. Uh, sometimes it's a little bit hard to tie things up and move over, but please come back. <laughs> yes, call us back. Call us back. Um, oh, and I was also, again, like I said, I usually try to watch the episodes at least three times before we do the podcast. Um, usually I'll watch it four times. Uh, this one I only watched twice, so I may have missed this. So was the other nun, Sister Messias, whatever her name is, was she also a ghost? No. No. Because she flickered. But that was She was possessed um, by the ghost. She was possessed so by... She only nice. flickered because she was possessed. Have we seen that before? Yeah, well... She fl- she only flickered when the ghost was leaving her. No, mm-hmm. she flickered before that. When Dean goes for her, she flickers and mm. appears in front of him. Oh, oh, I think it's okay. You're talking about nun ghost appearing, not the main ghost, main nun, the per- no, Italian no. nun. No, okay, it's regular nun. Isn't it? Okay, if I mean, she flickered, um, it could have been when Sam was starting to burn the stuff and she started... No, no, it's before that. that. No, no, it's before that. Let me go to it really quick and all. Because I thought I have it was a, really strange. I have this episode oh, on, so if you, if you can tell I me the minute... I I'm not at the right place. Yeah, if you find I it, let me know the minute and all that, and I'll watch it, too. Okay... I thought it was interesting there wasn't more commentary on on the fact that all the all the parishioners were committing suicide. I thought the priest and the nuns would be more upset because suicide is a sin. Here's it's my a major sin. In the- why did they why did you kill the 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 priest? She explains it but I forgot. Yeah, she says the priest needed it's, it's to die. Around the, it, yeah, it's around the same part that I'm actually trying to find. So, Okay, then she, that's maybe why I didn't see the... I must not have paid attention in that area. So, <laughs> Understandable on this. <laughs> was, I actually just caught up to the part where Dean finds the dead priest. So let me see... Dean Sam finding a painting. Talk amongst yourselves. Uh, when you get there, tell me the minute. Her, second, grab her. She hits him. Okay. 
Dean grabs her, shoots the best, she hits Dean, he goes flying. And that's when she flickers. Okay, what minute and okay. second do you know? So go to go to thirty seven even and you'll catch the flicker. Okay. Oh, and then she says the the priest had to die because because he would absolve them by, by giving them their their penance. He was absolving and she said, you, he forgave you pigs. Okay, got it. Okay, my internet has been slow, so it took me a minute to get there. Yeah, but yeah, she flickers before she makes that explanation, right before she drops the knife from her her sleeve. Huh. She does the the supernatural flicker to catch oh. up. Okay, yeah, I saw that she did the speed up. Um, it was kind of like a running thing. Okay, I thought, yeah, we've seen we've seen them do that before. When they're possessed by a ghost or just ghosts? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. That's what I'm curious about. Because my when I was watching it, but you know, she was she watch, was not a ghost. My first she, watch, yeah, my first watch was with my mother, and she's like, "What? Two nun ghosts from the same Massachusetts?" And I I really thought again, like Dog Poggy K was saying, the fact they were in Massachusetts and it was witches, rolling of the witch. I was expecting a big rich witch reveal. No, no witch reveal. Mm. But I think it's interesting I, that they killed her in Italy for what they suspected to be, or they considered to be witchcraft. And then she ended up in Massachusetts. I think I it's very possible that that they they showed her doing that um, ghost flicker run thing um, to make you think there that she was also a ghost. And then ah, uh, reveal no, she's possessed type thing. That that was my. I wasn't quite sure. Like I said, usually I try to watch the episodes at least three to five times. This yeah, one I got to yeah. twice. I got I got I, I, only, I got through two and a half. So. <laughs> <laughs> Show off. Um, <laughs> I did find it interesting, and, and I hate. I'm one of those people that I loathe to use this word, um, especially in terms of supernatural. <laughs> but when Sam says, you know. It, uh, the speech at the end, and he's basically saying, you know, Dean's telling him a good call, and he's like, well, by not listening to you, by ignoring you. And, you know, that's very much an obvious foreshadowing of what's going to, you know, take take place with the market cane because Dean has already told Sam, stop researching, and Sam's like, nope. Um, no. He ain't stopping. So, I mean, which I'm glad because as we've discussed, if the Winchesters were real, we want them in therapy. But they're not real, and so I like them really screwed up. Um, so uh, I like I like I, that Sam isn't giving up, and he's still being very supportive of Dean. He's still insisting that Dean be optimistic, and that we're going to beat it. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm right here next to you. You know, if you need someone to talk to. And I, I know, I know, 
I know Vinny and I, I'm sorry, I can't remember, Becky, were sort of okay with Sam not looking for Dean, you know, but I was never okay with it. I was <laughs> so okay I with like, it when I thought it was going somewhere else. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> the, the meta and I had in my head made it all okay. And then when the meta in my head did not match the canon of the show, I possibly wanted to put Jeremy Carver's finger into a painting. I was very angry. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and I'm like, so I like this, I like this Sam, you know, this, the for me, that was not Sam. I kept, again, like, I kept thinking, I would at least have a reason for it, at least show yeah, me why I Sam isn't more... looking for Dean, is this not real, is it, is, you know, is he in a, in a, an asylum, <laughs> you know, and this whole and they, no, no, it's no, very no, lightly implied that that was his breakdown, that he just, he just had a breakdown, yes. but I just don't think that it was executed well enough, and so mm-hmm. in the overarching scheme of things, it just looks like he accepted it, and so, yeah. um, Yes, I'd like to thank Jeremy Carver for making me look and sound on the record like an idiot. Uh, thanks, bud. Um, well, I I do like that Sam is doing his best to make up for it and has and has been and and yes, trying to do the right thing and the better thing. But um, yeah, like I said, if it had been more obvious or handled better that it was, and I remember that it was a breakdown point. It's like, oh, well, it's a, you don't like it, but it makes more sense that way, at least, you know, but yeah. at the time it was not, it was not clear. I think had so. they, and, and it's it's been discussed in fandom, you know, at, at length is that one of the problems is we just don't get to see inside of Sam's head enough. And so mm-hmm. even with something like that, where it was, it was really something we should have been able to spend time with in understanding what led him to not looking for Dean. And I think it's very important in terms of where his character is right now. And it's just, it's, it's really not there. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, we'll, we'll see how the, the season culminates and if anything changes in terms of that. You know, we are getting at least for the, you know at this point we are getting Sam finally talking to other people um, on occasion. So there's at least that. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see. But um, I uh, I, you know, I we we have a I'm pretty excited about the preview for the next episode. It, I goodness, I hope it follows through. But it looks like it has some really interesting things happening excitement there's one very special thing that i'm very excited about yeah i was gonna say some people don't watch previews specifically you know to not have Mm -hmm. any spoilers so don't say anything although i am surprised how cavalier the spoiler has been um thrown around it was in the preview for next week yeah i thought for sure it would be completely under wraps until it you know came to fruition and it's mm. you know we, we had we had the article come out by Variety first and, that's, and you know and that's still you know option to read you click at your own discretion but for it to be in the preview I that yeah. been, uh, that honestly really really surprised me because I thought they would be mm-hmm. much more hush hush about it um, mm-hmm. which obviously we'll get into that 
when we do that podcast. So because there, there are people who specifically do avoid uh, the next time on to be completely spoiler free. And this is this is a big thing, so they don't even want to. Well, at we it, think but... it is. Apparently, apparently, the publicity does not. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, they don't usually agree with us. <laughs> but yeah, um, they just. So who makes those promos or PR decisions? I don't know. Sometimes. Who does the preview thing? Sometimes. But I am. Interesting choice. (laughs) I am quite. And I'm interested to see what explanations we get as a result of that. Because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of unspoken things that are going Mm -hmm. on this season that I feel like, you know, we maybe should talk about at some point. Uh, Cough, uh, this is not the spoiler, but, you know, cough, Kevin, cough. Mm -hmm. Um, So, um, I'm still very confused, and I know... Can Dean die or not? No, and that's why I was very confused. Okay, I'm, I thought he couldn't, and I was like, well, what do you mean you're going to die? I'm so perplexed. I'm sorry, yeah. what are you puzzled he, about? I, I, because in, in his confession, he's talking about not wanting to die young, basically, and not wanting to go, and the oh. priest even tells him, like, you reckon you're, you're reckoning on your way out? You mm. know, I don't know if Dean's using it as a metaphor, or or what? But I'm like, dude, you you are you know, you're more or less invincible right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was very odd. Unless it's by choice, and then I don't think you get a choice. I don't know. That was weird. That's, that's one of many weird things about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ugh, whatever. Um. um. But Sam and Dean are pretty. <laughs> Comes down to fire bad, fire bad, tree pretty sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know. Oh, um, like I said, overall, uh, unfortunately for an episode that theoretically had a lot going on, there's not really much to say about it. Um, I think we're about done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was. I didn't dislike it, and I didn't. It was very middle of the road for me. Um, I like, and and coming off of last week's episode that I really, really, really enjoyed. This was a, a no, not last week's week before. No, yeah, last week was cold. Um, this was kind of like a meh. Um, would you consider? This is a question, and I, I often have this discussion with them, with our friend Clarissa, is what defines a Monster of the Week episode versus a Myth Arc episode? And is it the story itself or the characters that are in it? Because I I feel like this was a hybrid, but it almost leaned a little more Myth Arc for me. Um, aside from the ghost, because, you know, we're it's... The the Mark of Cain is a constant, and then we had the stuff with Rowena and Crowley, which is what I consider to be directly tied into the myth arc. 
and you have all of that telling, well, you know, about the minute letters and, you know, like I said, my favorite line, perpetually the Winchesters. What do you consider this episode to be, Monster of the Week or Miss Ark? I did not mean <laughs> to stump everybody. Whoa. <laughs> I... I I apologize for the stunned silence. (laughs) Yes, I... I, But, you know, it has, I guess what you'd say, monster of the week elements. And it also might have myth arc elements, which is actually okay, but it's a myth arc that I... I don't consider a big myth arc for the season. It's like another angle, which is Rowena. So I wouldn't say myth arc aspects, but it's kind of monster of the week with someone else's story for the season. I don't and know. I feel anyway. op- and the reason I asked is because I do feel opposite. I actually felt like this was more myth arc with a little bit of monster of the week thrown in because I feel like and maybe because part of it was we were lacking the Winchesters that Rowena's story and the information we get from Olivet seem to have more importance so I don't know Becky still no answer uh yeah, it was like a yeah. I to me it leaned more monster <laughs> week, but I would go you know fifty two forty eight on it though. See, that's I literally <laughs> did your math to make sure you were a hundred. Like you got actually ended up totally a hundred. I that was my pause. Like is that actually a hundred percent? I have to check. Um, yes, yes it is. Math <laughs> <laughs> hard. Um, and, and because this is something I've been thinking about in general, um, because I am one of those people that I really loathe when people call the Monster of the Week episodes filler, because sometimes I do feel like the myth arc episodes occasionally feel like filler. And so I feel like the idea of an episode being filler depends on the episode itself. So for me, I felt like this was, a Miss Arc Monster of the Week filler episode. Does that make sense? That makes no sense, but that's how I felt. It was not truly definitive on this. It's it's just yeah. It, it's it's too hard to name it, and not in a not in a good way. Yeah. You know. I, I hesitate to say I was disappointed in this episode because I, if I had to rank it, it's it's far from my least favorite of the season, but it's also far from a favorite of the season. It literally, it literally was middle of the road. And I think, yeah. you know, being a Buckner Lemming apologist, because I am perpetually <laughs> that, but they always let me down. I'm always like, no, I understand why they did this. Just wait. And then I'm wrong. I'm always wrong. And then I still do it every time. This is probably the first episode where I'm like, no, I don't even have an excuse for you. Um, I do think that they are often tasked with the 
with the we have to explain this, we have to get to this point, you two do it. And so I don't always think it's their fault when um, canon goes awry in their episodes. I think it's something that they are unfortunately tasked with. Um, I don't know if that's a a trust thing or a strong, you know, short straw kind of thing for them. But um, I often feel bad in how lambasted they get for what they have to do because at the end of the day, whatever they write, Jeremy Carver did approve it. So mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you can't lay all the blame on them. Mm. But that's my Buckner Lemming apologist coming through, and I am <laughs> very aware that that trait exists. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess that unfortunately, not much to say about this episode other than, well, that happened. Yeah, it's like I, you know, I didn't hate it. No, I didn't love it. I, just, I didn't hate it. There's stuff about it that bugged me. There were some things I liked. It's it's just muddled and talky. I didn't hate it. it Which isn't exactly a resounding no. <laughs> to it. You know, I was like, well, I didn't hate it. Anyway, well, like any considering there have been episodes this season where I've I've considered going, no, I'm never watching this show again. Um, mm. This was not one of those episodes. So. Yeah, at least I didn't hate it. <laughs> um, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It's It was sort of forgettable. It is. There it is. <laughs> you know, it's like, there it is. And uh, I, and I regret, I regret that. I regret that because I, I do think that some of the things that uh, came out in Olivet and Rowena's discussion is going to be important, or at least it's set up that it's going to be important. So I... I'm sad that it's a, that it that it's appears mm-hmm. to be a forgettable episode. And I'm we're we're on our last run of episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not not many left. Uh, it's certainly good two thirds of the season is done. So we're running out of space to you know expand upon things, expand upon things, explain things, tie things up, and so on. So. Agreed. It's time to it's time to it's time to figure out what the season's about. Because you know, aside from the the mark, I don't know what this season's about. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing about this season. It's so much different than all the other seasons. We don't have a flat out big mm. ad. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it, it appears that it, it's Rowena, but I don't think that that was originally intentional. And part of, like I said, we just I, I discussed it by the I end think, of the season. By the end of the season, I think that Rowena's going to, like I said, be somewhere in terms of episode appearances, somewhere in between, you know, Cass uh, and Crowley last year, which makes her borderline I, yeah. regular. So. Yeah, I don't, I, you know, I think there's just flat out, there's no big bad this year. And to me, that's just weird. And sure, you know, not all shows have a big bad. Um, you know, we really didn't have them until like, you know, Buffy, you know, and everybody got kind of used mm-hmm. to it. Right. Um, I, I feel like the first, first season has been very much, um, I, I think without gray, gray areas. 
Yeah, you know? without a big bad, I think it kind of made the show drag on because you're waiting every episode to see what the season's going to be about. You know, each episode, each season is about something. And, and I, I this do. season is basically just about, I'm guessing it's about Dean, you know, Dean Dinner's struggle with the, with the mark. And we had that last year too. So yeah, I, I, that I was last year. And, and I think maybe if we'd gotten more Demon Dean, it wouldn't mm. feel so redundant of last season. But we all know how I feel about that. And then, so then I start having rage blackouts about Robbie Thompson's writing, and then people get mad at me. So I'm not going to do that right now. He has an episode coming up soon. I'll rage blackout about him then. Don't worry. <laughs> I love how All you played blackouts before the episodes even aired. <laughs> yeah, before you've even seen it, you know you're gonna have a rage blackout. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> hey, there you know is. me. I like I like the majority of Robbie's writing. So right, and mm-hmm. you know me. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those things, you know. Not everybody likes. Not everybody likes Stephen King. Not everybody likes Faulkner. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. Nothing, it's nothing personal, man. You're, you're a cool dude. <laughs> but, uh, you know. And like I said, this, uh, you know, I'm a Buckner Lemming apologist, and I get a lot of mockery for it. So I, I, I take that in stride. So it doesn't bother me to doesn't bother me either way. But um but yes, two episodes until my next rage blackout. Countdown everyone. <laughs> Thanks for the warning. <laughs> um so yeah, I think um I think we have run out of anything to say about this episode. Neither good, neither yeah. bad. It just exists. Yeah. We honestly talk longer than I thought we would. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. do too. Now we're in 15 minutes. Is there any other supernatural news, events, Winchester Bros uh, related? Yes. Uh, um, well, we currently things. we have um, Kansas, the actual band, Kansas, of Carry On Wayward Son, Kansas. Um, has um, is it Kansas? It's Kansas, Kansas, Kansas. They have offered us um, five of their new docu- five um, copies of their new documentary called Miracles Out of Nowhere, and we've been running a contest every day. Uh, we're giving since Thursday. We've been giving one away every day. Um, we haven't chosen a winner yet tonight. Um, just go to WinchesterBros.com and on our the, on the front page of our website there. Just read the instructions on how to enter the contest. It's real simple. Basically, all you have to do is make a tweet and use the hashtag carryonkansasspn and tell us how you carry on, what gets you through a rough day. Tweet that with hashtag carryonkansasspn and we will be choosing a winner tonight. Uh, we will also be doing it again tomorrow night and Monday night. So if you don't win tonight, you might win tomorrow night or Monday night. So... Um, go to winchesterbros.com for more information on that. Um, just the fact also, that the band themselves are so, like, into the fact that this show uses their song is the coolest thing. Mm. They, they, are, embrace it. Awesome. they have embraced they're it in awesome. the best way. So, 
so even if you if, if we're done, if, when we're done and you were not a winner, we do uh, highly suggest you go throw your own money at Kansas and purchase it. And we do have links on our page. You can go to Amazon.com and purchase it. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have links on our page to uh, the Ride to Conquer Cancer, um, Kevin Parks, um, Supernatural Assistant Director, and he's also directed a few episodes himself. Um, his annual um, bicycle ride to Conquer, Conquer Cancer that he does in honor of Kim Manners. Um, we have the link right there on WinchesterBros.com where you can go and donate to that. It's a great cause. Kevin's awesome. Um, let's see what else we have. There's something else I remembered. Oh, we also recently did an interview with Megan Padalecki, Jared Padalecki's sister. Um, she wrote the children's book, Big Mo, which is my grandson's favorite book. He loves it so much. He calls it Momo. Um, we've got that interview on our website if you want to check that out. Um, that's a print interview. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You read it. Don't have to watch it or listen. Um, oh, and Richard Spade Jr., the beloved trickster, a.k.a. Gabriel, and Rob Benedict, Chuck, a.k.a. God, um, are doing an uh, uh, kind of, it's a Indiegogo, not Kickstarter, but it's Indiegogo um, fundraiser for um, a project they have going called Kings of Cons, uh, where it's kind of like a more exaggerated version of themselves and supernatural conventions. And it, they've already met their goal of $100,000 in like two days because um, that's what supernatural fandom does. And uh, But today at the Seattle convention, um, Matt Cohen has put out um, that if they get up to 200000 he will run naked down the street. And who does not want to see Matt Cohen naked? I mean, I, I don't know oh. if anybody personally. <laughs> 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 it also mention um, going over budget means more, uh, you know, better production and more episodes and, and such. So you can, um, we'll be, so I haven't got that up on the and more episodes. I haven't got the link for that up yet on our website, but you can go to our Twitter. We've been tweeting the link. You can go to Richard, Rob's, Matt Cohen's Twitter. Um, check it out. They've and they do have there. their own. They do have their own Twitter account. Yeah, it's uh, Rich. Rob, Rob, Rob underscore, 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 underscore Rich. Rich. Yeah, I always get it backwards. I just type <laughs> it out, and, and then autofill helps me out. And let's see anything. And everybody at Seattle Con right now, be safe, have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, be nice to each other. Yeah. Um, I just flipped over and fangasms at the con, uh, tweeting Misha's panel, and he just said, "Cast Mrs. Meg, and we all miss Rachel Miner." I think that's a really nice thing. I'm glad I flipped over and happened to see that. Uh, and apparently, don't win my heart, didn't you, Misha? And apparently, Jared. <laughs> Jared crashed Misha's panel, apparently. He was there with his sister, Megan, who was at the convention selling her books. And so Jared was there seeing Megan, and he also crashed Misha's panel. Exciting. It's so weird to have a con one week after the other con. (laughs) You know, it's like, well, what happened in a week? (laughs) Yeah, it's a a lot of cons. Um, Well, a lot, a lot. 
Oh, gosh. It was in no, Seattle. Okay. It's practically their backyard. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But that's cool. Um, I can't complain. So I think that'll be it for us tonight. Yeah, I can't think of any other news or anything. But, of course, if we forgot anything, uh, follow us on Twitter and Facebook because daily updates. Mm-hmm. Winchester Rose on both of those. Um, we'll be back with another new podcast uh, next week because we have a new episode on Wednesday. And then it is a rerun, right? The Executioner's mm-hmm. Song yeah. on 848. Yes. Yeah. Which then you is can that it? watch The Executioner's Song and then re listen to our interview with Tim Amundsen because why not? Yes. and so thank you everyone for listening and for tuning in whether you're tuning in live or you're listening to the recording we appreciate you all and thank you and good night thanks everybody thank you very much thanks everybody good night and Jared and Jensen can take us out hey I'm Jared Padalecki and this is Jensen Ackles and you're listening to Winchester Radio